Welcome back to the Core EM Podcast, core content for anyone, anywhere, and just in time. This is the official podcast of the NYU Bellevue EM Residency Program. I'm Anand Swami Nathan, and with me as always is my co-host, Jenny Beck-Esme. Jenny, what's going on? Hey, Swami. Well, I'm starting to get a little nervous for the upcoming in-service exam in February. It's my third of four, and I feel like I need to step up my game. So I'm listening to more podcasts, checking out some more foam sites. I recommend everyone do the same. Yeah, and you know, you can always come on over and check out the core content that we have on the site. It might be a little bit helpful. It is core content. It might be. All right, so you know, we've moved into our neuro and psych module today, and we had a great talk from one of our PGY2 residents, Trudy Cloyd, on suicide evaluation in the ED. Now, this is a critically important topic, although I think it's somewhat neglected in our training. Jenny, in our shops, we have psych emergency 24 hours a day and a psych consult service that's pretty much always accessible, and I think we kind of use it as a crutch, and so we never really hone these skills. Absolutely. I think the last time I really did a full evaluation of a patient was during my psych emergency rotation back in my intern year. But when we go out and practice in the real world, we are the psych consult. We have to make this assessment and we have to do it frequently. Yeah, and we see about 650,000 patients every year in the ED with suicide attempts. So there's, you know, that's a lot of patients that we're seeing. And out of that, one death for every 30 attempts. That's a lot of people that are dying from suicide. It's the 15th leading cause of death worldwide, the eighth leading cause of death in the United States, and the third leading cause of death in adolescence. And these are some really scary numbers, but I'm gonna hit you with one more that scares me quite a bit. 10% of suicide deaths were seen in the ED within the last 60 days. Yeah, that's really scary. Lots of these patients are young, but a considerable amount are elderly and with multiple medical diseases. Women are twice as likely to attempt suicide, but men are four times more likely to complete. Elderly patients also tend to use more violent and lethal measures in their attempts. Alcohol is a really important thing to bring into this equation as well, since about 40 to 60% of individuals who complete their suicide attempt were intoxicated, and there's a 19% lifetime suicide risk for alcoholics. When a patient presents after an attempt, the first question we need to be asking is what is their risk of a subsequent attempt? Not all patients who have an attempt need to be hospitalized, but their first evaluation needs to be very carefully done. There are a number of tools like the SAD persons and trapped silo safe mnemonic devices, as well as the widely used Columbia Suicide Severity Rating Scale. Rob Orman and the ER cast have done a great post with links for these tools, so we'll put that in the show notes as well. Yeah, as with most tools, you're not going to remember these pieces since we don't use it every day. So don't even bother trying. Just know where to pull them up, have them on your smartphone, have them available so that when you need them, you can get those pretty quickly. Now, to make these a little bit easier, Trudy boiled it down to three questions that you really have to hone in on. Number one, have you ever wished you were dead or wished you could go to sleep and not wake up? Number two, have you actually had thoughts of killing yourself? And number three, have you ever done anything, started to do anything, or prepared to do anything to end your life? Now, these are general questions, and there are smaller questions within each of these that you have to ask depending on how the patient responds. Another of the really important ones to ask within this, probably within question two, is access to means. If the patient has access to a firearm, more of an issue in the U.S. than in most developed countries, they're more likely to be successful with their attempt. In the U.S., firearms contribute to 60% of all suicide deaths. It's an amazing number. Absolutely. That last question, have you ever done anything, started to do anything, or prepared to do anything to end your life, really hones in on the idea of prior attempts because 20% of patients who attempted suicide in the past will try again in the future. 
And this also means that we should be sensitive to presentations soon after hospitalization. Recent hospitalization is a huge risk factor for suicide attempt or completion. All right, so we've gone over some of the risk factors and some of the assessment tools, but what about protective factors? We mentioned that all patients with a suicide attempt or intent aren't gonna be admitted. So what are the factors that make it less likely for them to need admission? So while nothing is 100%, there are a couple things that are helpful in making the patient lower risk. If the patient doesn't withhold information, the patient is willing to engage in the process, the absence of agitation or psychosis, if the patient is a parent, compliance with their psych meds, and the presence of good coping skills are all helpful. Lots of these things are really subjective or rely on the patient's openness, but they also bring up the issue of needing lots of supportive information. Yeah, we haven't touched on that part yet, but it's a huge part of the evaluation. You gotta go out and get lots of collateral information and finding out what systems the patient has in place. This can start by calling the patient's psychiatrist or psychologist, but should also include friends, family, and anyone else that they are sort of in touch with on a frequent basis that can help to give you more information. All of this information is going to help you assess the patient's risk and make a decision for outpatient versus inpatient management. Obviously, this is just a brief overview and the assessment is complicated and can be quite difficult. When in doubt, buy time. Often, these patients present off hours. Hold them until the morning, get more collateral, and if you've got psych support on staff, get them involved. Tricky as this can be, I'd rather hold the patient longer than make the mistake of sending them home. At the heart of this, as with everything we do, if you do what you think is in the best interest of the patient, you're likely going to get it right. Couldn't have said it better myself. That's a great rule to live by in the ED. So to wrap it up, we can really make a difference for these patients. 10% of suicides had previous ED visits within the last 60 days. These patients are coming through our departments. We just need to find them. When performing your assessment, focus on three things, suicidal ideation, intent, and plan. This can be done with Trudy's three questions. Reminders, one, have you ever wished you were dead or wished you could go to sleep and not wake up? Two, have you actually had any thoughts of killing yourself? And three, have you ever done anything, started to do anything, or prepared to do anything to end your life? All right, I think that's a nice overview. And for a little bit more on the topic, we're going to drop a link to Rob Orman discussing this on ERCast, where he discusses suicide and a lot of different factors that go into his assessment. He's also got a lot of different resources available on his website, so that link is going to be really helpful to get all of these things in one place. And we're going to drop some of those resources on our webpage as well. Well, that's all for the Core EM podcast this week. Come on over and check out the site at coreem.net, where we've got a ton of great core content emergency medicine. We'll have a core post up this Wednesday on hypokalemia and a journal update this Thursday on acute low back pain management. Visit us on Facebook and like us if you like the site. Visit our Google Plus page and follow us on Twitter where our handle is at core underscore EM. Thanks and see you all next week.